The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. There is a movie. It is called Northside 777. It is of a Chicago long ago. Jimmy Stewart takes a lens and is fabulous in that movie until halfway through, you realize there's an old lady on her knees at the Wrigley Building taking the movie, stealing the movie from Jimmy Stewart. And of course, that is the iconic uh, grandmother and mother uh, within called Northside 77. This is an extraordinary book. I really don't know what to say. Uh, Ginny Rometty Romedy, as you know, it's the most mispronounced name in corporate <laughs> world. Do. Ginny Romedy uh, with us this morning on a hugely courageous book. And I want to start with the blistering first 50 pages of your childhood. And Baba came to the rescue. Who was Baba? <laughs> My great-grandmother. And you're, and you're right. And uh, you speak of the Wrigley Building because... I was raised by really strong women who all suffered great tragedies. And that was my great-grandmother who came here from Belarus, the last person alive from her family, who worked third shift in the Wrigley Building cleaning bathrooms, never spoke a stitch of English, English, and uh, saved every dime in U.S. savings bonds. And one day it would, would allow us to have a car. What was the first day like at Northwestern? There were fancy people from Nutrier, debutantes from Nutrier. Yes, you know and that there area. Were you going and there up. I was. Yes, yeah. there I was. No, I, I, I was there by the grace of God, right? Just uh, lucky enough to get a scholarship. And what I, what I remember is having gone to the store and bought one pair of jeans and topsiders to try to fit in. Did That's you use a slide like. rule? I did use a slide yeah, rule. You're so dating nerd. me This now. is like a nerd fest. <laughs> yes, Let's yes. go to the woman from Chicago who wouldn't know a slide rule if it hit her over the well, head. From a slide rule to today, it's actually an appropriate kind of pathway at a time when tech is at the epicenter of how to get from the slide rule to the uh, graphing calculator and, and beyond, right? How much can you see some of the lessons that you learned at the helm of IBM of how to bring a company up to speed with technology that moves more quickly than anyone could imagine. Yeah, this is it's timely because even though the book took me two years to write, Good Power, there's a whole section in it on AI, because uh, a decade ago I spent a, quite a bit of time trying to bring AI into the world to solve really tough problems, and here we are now. And to me, the things I learned, everybody wants to talk about the technology. This is going to be a people and a trust problem. That, that is what I learned from all these, these years in that, you know, with something like AI, I see it as two sides of one coin. And if we don't manage the good and the bad at the same time, we're going to have trouble. When you look back on your legacy at IBM and you think about some of the advancements that perhaps were shrugged off at the outset, whether it was cloud computing or some of the others, what would you do differently? Or how do you understand what to identify as something that holds promise versus the next you know, false hope yeah. that everyone's going to cling to. Yeah. Hey, look, I think this is difficult. It's difficult because actually many of the bets we placed were correct. Some timing was not exactly right on those. But today, everything we did around AI and now it's hybrid cloud mm -hmm. is what the company is really growing from. So the idea when you run a company, and IBM's the oldest tech company, and clearly I had to lead it through its most tumultuous reinvention, is that you've just got to make those decisions for the long term, even if you may not see them play out during your tenure. 
joining us on radio and television. Good power. I can't say enough about it. It's summer read thin. This is great, but very dense. 230 pages here on a life story that's extraordinary and also the realities of IBM. I'm going to address it. You've been you've had critics like a piñata uh, here on the transformation of I've been moved. I want to get to Gerstner in a minute, but the way you used to read the statement from Sam Palmasano as you looked at the free cash flow on page two of the annual report, and you said, IBM to the moon. What happened? How well, did Palmasano get this so wrong? Look, I mean, what we had done, we had done very well to a certain point, but then the world changed. The and world changed. There was, there was not just one tech trend. There was cloud. There was data. There was AI, mobility, social media. And that's five trends, so not in one. So in the meetings, was it? did you blame McKinsey? Did you bring in consultants who screwed this up? Why did you have such an inertial no. force where you couldn't change faster? Yeah, I think you, what you always have when you're an incumbent in something, you, it is both you're trying to protect, not just protect a past, you've got customers that you've got to serve, yet you've got to move to the future at the same time. And so that really, I saw every one of us had a challenge, and mine was to now prepare a whole new technology portfolio for the future. But I had a double sort of challenge in that I also had to reskill the workforce. Mm -hmm. And so when I began, well, <clears throat> folks weren't prepared for future skills. It's late in the book, you're phenomenal in this. You go to Brian Moynihan at Bank of America, who's an animal. I mean, I love, you know, Brian, you go, what's the Fed going to do? Baloney. He's a bank animal. He knows the deposit flows in Kansas City. And he talks about hiring for skill. Yeah. Does that mean you only hire engineers? Yeah. Look, this is something that... Um, I, I work passionately on now, this idea to hire for people for their skills, not just their degrees. I came to it having had a mother, I, you know, I was abandoned as a kid, and my mother had no education. So, but I quickly saw access and aptitude were not equal, meaning she had aptitude, no access to education. So she got a little bit of education and can get an hourly job, a little more, a little better job to get us off of things like food stamps. Fast forward, I would be searching for people like cyber they're not in the marketplace in 2012. We'd start to work with community colleges and high schools, and I'd say, why aren't we hiring these people? They can do the job. Well, 100% of our requirements are college degrees. And it would lead me down this path for really now almost two mm -hmm. decades of a movement I think it's essential to democracy in this country that we revisit having found 50% of our jobs were over-credentialed, requiring a degree to start when you didn't need one to start. This idea that where you start shouldn't determine where you end. That's skills first. You join the show at a really important point, and you're an important voice at a time where we talk so much about tech and how much that's a divergent story from the rest of the economy. Do you think that the big tech names that have really become the behemoths are doing a good job managing the technological trends, managing to train people in the appropriate ways, and creating a path for a longer yeah. type of trajectory? L let me answer that two ways. One is. There's a whole chapter of what I call stewarding good tech, and it isn't just the tech companies. It's now all of us, and as much effort's got to be put on preparing people to see a better future because of this technology. I mean, my biggest learning with trying to roll out AI, particularly with professional people, they don't trust it. They, it, unless they're part of its co-creation and how it's used, won't use it. Mm -hmm. So as you go forward now, this is about reskilling not just your current workers, 
you know, it's going to be multiple times in our lifetime. Once and done education is over now. And so that idea that I think that side of the coin about preparing the workforce right. is totally not paid attention to right now. And to me, that is the biggest thing. And second is is really getting people to trust the technology. Um, you know, I had a lot of experience with a big company with a big brand. And when you introduce AI, there's very little tolerance for it to be wrong when you're a big company. A startup, no problem. But when you start using right. it for health, financial services, you're in a whole different ballgame with how people react to it. So that issue of trust mm -hmm. in preparing people are what I think is not being acted on enough. I'm out of time, but I got to squeeze this in. I got 14 more questions. I got time for one question. What was the best practice of Lou Gerstner? Uh, my, you know, I, you know, I have immense respect for Lou, and to this day, is a very good friend of mine. I think he was a brilliant, both strategist and execution leader, both sides of the coin. He got his hands dirty, as you say. Absolutely, and, and to this, this day, is, this is like gospel to me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You and, and I, I share that. I nothing on the show. Everybody puts it together for me. I just show up. No, no, I, we share that admiration. He is able to simplify the complex in an amazing way. This is a great book, Good Power, Leading Positive Change in Our Lives, Work, and World. The first 50 pages is blistering. There's no other way to put it. Jenny, thank I'm not going to pronounce your last name. I That's all right. Rometti. 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 There you go. Got Nailed it. it. Nailed it. it. four different you. ways. You'd hope thank one you of them is so correct. Jenny Rometti so. joins us. Good Power here this morning. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.